With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So good, New Zealand. So, so good. So much anticipation for months and weeks and then days and then hours and the last three hours have been something quite spectacular. Welcome into the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Past every year. I've got divine intervention with me today, <laughs> Stevie Divine. Uh, I started making notes in the first half. I've got a whole page and a half of notes to this first half. Second half, I couldn't hold my pen. That, that was <laughs> a test, ma- test match that only comes around sort of once or twice in a generation. Yeah, that was an absolute belter. And it was always going to be a belter, right? For, for two years, we've been prepping for a quarterfinal against Africa or against uh, Ireland. Maybe Scotland, but uh, yeah, we we got what we wanted. That was an absolute belt. And ah, uh, gee, if, if a few little things went the other way, we it could be a very different mood in the country right now. But we were we were brave enough and good enough to hang on. And gee, we hung on well. The amazing thing is, no one's going to be talking about the election results today. It's going oh, to be who, who won. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> one wins. Who cares? <laughs> we're through to the semi next week. Um, you made an interesting point when you came into the office. I came in, of course, you called the earlier game, and um, I said to the boys as I was watching the All Blacks line up and I saw Sam Kane's face, uh, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen that face of determination pre-game from Sam Kane for quite some time. He's on a mission. And you came in and said, did you see Sam Kane's face yeah. in the tunnel? He said, set the scene. Yeah, he stood there and looked like ice cold, and um, Sexton was looking around and having a smile, the two captains, and he was just ice cold. And I was like, yeah, boys are on today. It's going to be a good day. He was phenomenal. He I was mean, here, we, mate. we can talk about all the players, but... I, I think finally he produced a game that was worthy, but like he, he's, it's his leadership he's in the team for as well. You know, in those big moments, in those big moments, he kept turning up and he was there, you know. Um, it, it, yeah, it takes a special player, and, and that leadership he has, and the calmness he has around the field is, uh, you know, and and allows Artie to do his thing, and allows the other boys to do their things better, and he just keeps a cool head on everyone, and keeps everyone's head in the right direction. It's a, it's amazing skill he's got. And I made the comment during the game too. It's the most I've seen him talk. Um, and every breakdown, if there was an injury break or a, or whatever, he was gathering them, and, and he was being there was calm urgency in his message. I don't know what he was saying, but I've, I haven't seen it from him before. Yeah, ice cold performance. Um, just just on. He was just on on top of his game today. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I, there's, a, there's a few things that have really hit a nerve through the week. And, um, you know, I've seen the uh, Peter Omani story come up where last year in New Zealand he called Sam a, a shit Richie McCaw. And, you know, I just there's just a few things in the week this week that I, you know, that's really bad timing from the Irish to, to bring that sort of stuff out again and poke the bear and, you know, I just I just I'd love to see Sam Kane hold that trophy above his head and say, I'm I'm still a shit Richie McCaw. I thought at half time, and I hadn't thought it the whole tournament, but it I didn't go searching for this answer, but at half time I thought the winner of this game wins the World Cup because it was 
There was so much there. A plus thing for the All Blacks is the negative thing that happened to them four years ago when we had that epic quarterfinal, went to the semi-final, got our pants pulled down. There's a lot from the 2019 team that's in the 2023 team. I can't see it happening again. Yeah, um, this week will be all about preparation. Right, it's going to be all about resting, resting up a few sore bodies because that was immense, and, and and it will take you out of you. You can't, like, you can't repeat that performance. You, it's just impossible to get on that page again in a such short turnaround. So they need to really, you know, recover well first of all, and then and then start a preparation in. And you know, I I always knew this All Black team was good enough to beat Ireland and beat Africa in that quarterfinal, whoever they came. I always knew, but. What I haven't seen from the New Zealand team over the last two years is being able to put three games together. I've back seen them to put two. To I've seen yeah. them put two together. I haven't seen them put three together, and you know, and that scares me. So uh, we're looking at things. You know, next week's not going to be easy, but I think we'd probably rather have an Argentina than a than say a France next week or or someone like that. So mm. you know, it's. Um, we, we had a hard quarter final and we, we're probably going to come up with, uh, you know, uh, a team that's not quite the Irish in the in the semi-final, let's say. But let's put it that way. The, the Argentinians have struggled a little bit in the tournament and we're probably pretty lucky to get a win over Wales this morning. Uh, it was a stuttering start to the match. Um, looking at my notes, the opening two minutes, Aaron Smith passed twice to no one. Uh, there was a poor... Uh, touch finder f- from Geordie from a penalty. Yeah, I think almost, he kicked it about eight metres. I think he almost missed the ball. Yeah, there was a poor kick from Richie Monger all in the first two minutes and I thought, oh, they're playing with hard hands, they're playing nervous. Um, it wasn't a great start I, to the game. No, but I also felt the Irish made a few mistakes early as well and mm. you could tell that, you know, maybe they were a bit on edge, you know, not quite flowing as normally as they do. So, yeah, but we, we got we were in the fight, right? We turned up the fight and we, we won a couple of those penalties at the breakdown, which we, we hadn't done for a while. And, you know, the Irish pride themselves on their on their ruck ball and they're very good at getting it and keeping hanging on to it. And, you know, we got we got those big turnovers. We, we, we stopped a couple of lineouts and, and all of a sudden the pressure went on. And uh, that's exactly what we needed to do. Yeah, fourth minute. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the multi-phase defence of the All Blacks at the end of the game, but there was a multi-phase defence in the fourth minute by the Irish, and I think I wrote down 30 phases, uh, and I think we made about seven metres. Um, good ball control, great defence. It was just such an epic arm wrestle. And the whole game, neither team took their foot off the, foot off the throat. Yeah, like it, it's a sign to world rugby, right? That that test match was a sign to world rugby that our game is entertaining when teams who are in control of the ball maybe have a slight advantage to hang on to the ball, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think if we want to keep bums on seats and we want to keep people entertained, then we really need to have a look at a few of the rules to make sure that if you've got the ball in play, then you have maybe a slight advantage to hang on to it. It's not completely stopping the breakdown advantage or making a contest. But if you take a ball in a ruck, you should you should be able to come back with it to make the game more attaining. And, you know, when two teams decide to run, run and throw the ball around, it, it's it's good to watch. But one, when one team doesn't want to do that, it, it's it, it's a it's a discredit to our game, I believe. Mm. 0800-150-811, the lines are open. I want to hear you celebrate, pick the holes out of the game. You're wonderful judges of rugby out there, I know that. Uh, these emotions that are high. So 0800-150-811, or the Temper Bear Post text machine number is double eight double three. Let's go to the phones. We'll talk to John from Auckland. Kia ora, John. Kia ora. Never in doubt, mate. Never in doubt. <laughs> I said it all bloody week. 
and even Dean from Dunedin knows he'll be listening. He said Whanganuku would score a try, and hello, he scored a try. <laughs> um, that that game was just amazing, amazing. Forty phases we held them out for. Forty phases. I don't think I've seen any team create forty phases before in the history of world rugby. Have you? Have, have Steve Devine, have you been in a team where you've created 40 phases? Yeah, mate, it was, a, it was an impressive last. Uh, I, I'm actually, I broke my TV remote throwing it uh, when Aaron Smith uh, kicked that with three and a half minutes to go. He kicked the ball over the top and I was I threw my remote. I said, why would you give the ball back to them? And then they went 70 metres and 30 phases and it was like, I thought a couple of times uh, Barnes was pretty stiff. We maybe could have got a turnover a little yep. bit early and then... Yeah, Sam Whitelock. Soon, as soon as I sent him on the wall, I, I said to my son, I was like, we ain't moving him off that. That's mm-hmm. that's ours. That's game. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So Pretty when awesome. You, John, when you say never in doubt, never in doubt, were you just sitting back watching that last two minutes going, this is fine, we're good? Oh, no, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> uh, I think my, I think my neighbours heard me, but um, I just you could see it on the face. You could see Sam Kane. Man, what a game. Incredible a game. game. from Sam Kane. He turned up when we needed him. I mean, you know, Armani was quiet. Yeah, Armani just, was quiet. Um, just like Ari a good Sabiel captain should, eh? Yeah, exactly. And, and just quickly before I go, up the ABs! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, he hung up. Outstanding. That's a uh, drop the mic moment, isn't it? That is an absolute <laughs> drop the mic moment. We've got a call out of Australia now. We're talking to Mark in Sydney. G'day, Mark. Oh, I don't think Robbie's pushed the button. He has now. Now I've got you, Mark. How's it going? Epic. Epic, indeed. Well, I'm half Kiwi, so I can definitely appreciate the epic victory one, the, uh, epic victory the All Blacks won this morning. It was great to listen to, and I think uh, the commentary was excellent, and uh, I think it is a good illustration of what's different between New Zealand rugby at the moment and Australian rugby at the moment. I mean, on the field, the All Blacks knew how to operate as a team, even when they were challenged toward the end of the match and they pulled out the victory. And I think Australian rugby doesn't operate as a team on and off the field because New Zealand rugby is learning the mistake they made 20 years ago, and they're learning how to overcome that in that they are investing time and resources back into grassroots rugby. Over here, they're not. And over here, the people in charge are running an absolute clown show. And I think that's pretty well illustrated by how Eddie Jones has operated during the Rugby World Cup in that he's mismanaged it all. He made the press conferences all about him, as usual. He made bad judgment calls, as usual, where he didn't take experienced Wallabies over to France. He took a majority of inexperienced so-called Wallabies. I mean, he even left the captain here in Australia. And the team just, as a bunch of rookies, has no backfield uh, tactical general like David Campisi to coordinate play on the field. They were just running around like chooks with their heads cut off. And I think um, in two main ways, uh, actually three, uh, Eddie has proven that he's in this for himself in that it's been reported in a Japanese newspaper a few days ago that he's slated to take the head coaching job in Japan. And... uh, He's just left Australian rugby in a negative vacuum, as it were, with regard to not um, following any cohesive strategy to pull the team together and 
breed more potential for success. And he's just done it for himself. Australian Rugby Union, the people in charge have no idea of where to go. And I think New Zealand rugby is the total opposite. They, they've learned from their mistakes. They've very invested in ground roots, in grassroots rugby, and they've got a positive direction as to where the team's going, as proved by the win today. Yeah, Mark, I, listen, I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, Australian rugby has been run by absolute clowns, and they're in this position because those clowns have run the run the game into the into the ground. Um, they, there's some serious, serious questions that need to be asked over there, and um, maybe, maybe, hopefully, because we we need a, a strong Australian team, and hopefully, maybe this is the catalyst to for them to finally uh, sit down and ask those hard questions and, and deal with them um, properly. Because yeah, what Australia is producing at the moment is, is certainly not good enough by their own standards or world rugby standards. No. Very definitely um, not. But you, you read what you sow. You know they've they've made the decisions. They put Eddie in charge, and uh, they've got themselves into this situation. No one else. Yeah, unfortunately. So I hope uh, they get rid of Eddie because he's done no good for us in this Rugby World Cup. Mate, I've heard, and, um, I've heard on the grapevine that Stephen Larkham's already been given the coaching role. Uh, they just need to let the dust settle down a little bit, and he will be the coach yep. named coach by Christmas. Well, Larko will be a good. A shot in the arm for Australian rugby because Eddie Jones sure isn't. Thanks for your time, guys. Keep up the good work. Tom and Mark, good to hear from you over there in Sydney. We go to Craig and Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, Steph. How you doing? Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Exhausted yeah, already, it and it's only 11 o'clock in the morning. I oh, know. How long's your shift? When are you there till? Two. Ah, there you go. Oh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, I just just really quickly. So there, there was a few people prior to the game copping a little bit of heat. Um, so if you look at at the players, um, obviously Sam Kane uh, was listed defensively prior to the game. Uh, Rico always seems to cop some heat, and I, I thought they were great. I, I thought Rico's um, pass on on the wing back inside to Leicester for the try unselfish. Yep. People say he's, he's selfish and he's. And, you know, everyone complains. You know, I thought Sam Kane was immense. Uh, even people criticising Bowden at the back, I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, and the other one that's caught heat from New Zealand rugby fans, which goes back to 2007, was Wayne Barnes. And I actually thought Wayne had a, had a really good game. Um, I didn't agree with the Aaron, Aaron Smith uh, yellow card. And, and Barnes said at the time, penalty only, and, and was overruled by the TMO. And the TMO is going to ruin this game if, if they don't butt out, you know. Um, but I, I thought Wayne Barnes had a pretty good game on the whole. Um, I heard Stevie just say a minute ago that, you know, perhaps there was a couple of times he, he could have awarded a penalty in those last um, last few minutes when, when Ireland was hot on attack, when we were maybe over the ball. But, but generally, I thought Wayne Barnes had a pretty good game. So hopefully that puts the 2007 game to bed. Yeah, I, I think Wayne Barnes is, is probably right up there with one of the best in the world at the moment. He has a, a good accord with the players. He talks, he's calm. And it's the uh, the Kiwi boy um, that's also refing pretty Ben O'Keefe. So oh, I'm not ben sure they're going to yeah. give him a final if the All Blacks are in it. Um, but yeah, certainly Wayne Barnes is. Um, that's I think that's the first ever quarter final we've ever won with Wayne Barnes refing us. Um, but he, he's come a long way. He's come a long way since 2007. I'll give him that. <laughs> Yeah, no, so, yeah, just going back to my original point, I, I was just really pleased for for the All Blacks that caught heat from, from the rugby public, um, you know, especially Sam Kane. I thought he was immense, but, you know, and, and, and Rico. 
Um, yes, yeah, so I'm pleased for those boys that, that seem to cop it a lot. Actually, the other one I didn't mention was, was of course, Foster. Heaps people on Foster's back, you know. Hopefully people will just get off his back and, and let's watch these hopefully last two games uh, in, in this Rugby World Cup and just enjoy it, enjoy the run. Oh, if anything, it will unite the country, absolutely. Craig, really appreciate your call, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, um, I think the Sam Kane detractors may have had may have had uh, the fodder to to do that because I think this morning's game was a Richie McCaw kind of performance, but Richie did it every week, and Sam Kane hasn't done that every week. But we saw how good he is. Yeah, listen, I think where Sam sort of has been offside a little bit lately is he had that real nasty run of injuries, like he broke his neck and. Stayed in Africa, had surgery, came home, and you know that's that's not an easy injury to get over. And he had a few niggles, as everyone does when they're a bit older and they're coming back from a long-term layoff. You have always have a few niggles, and he, he just couldn't get himself on the field, and and that led to his, you know, downfall in the public eye. But you know, it was that game in Africa where they were down and out last year, and they needed a win in Africa for Foster to keep his job, and they won. It, it was that performance from me that just said this is the guy that needs to take us to the World Cup. Just his leadership that day. Um, again, a game they probably shouldn't have won, but just his leadership. He turned up. He probably didn't play as well as he did today, but just his leadership. And it's like, yep, he, he's the guy that the boys follow, and he's the guy that needs to be there. And, you know, gee, he turned up today. That was it was impressive. We'll take one more before the break. It's Jimmy in Auckland. G'day, Jimmy. G'day, fellas. How you going? How you going, Stevie? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit lubed up this morning, mate, but a uh, great game. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed it. Best weekend ever, actually, fellas. Just wanted to ring up and uh, just say that I'm proud of the guys. Didn't actually expect them to win, but my God, what a game. Fantastic. And we beat the TMO as well, so up the TMO. Yeah, those TMO, they're, they're hard to deal with, those TMOs. They can be pretty touchy. It's like a, uh, like a, like a, like an old car, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, really, really happy. And uh, maybe, you know, hopefully we go well next weekend, but, uh, you know, just, just, Incredibly stoked, boys, uh, after this morning's game. Good man. Good man, Jimmy. Good to hear you've kicked your day off well, as keep, we all have. Keep going, mate. Keep having a few more. Up the ABs. Up Woo! the ABs.